What's up, guys? It's Shane Larson from the Game Time Guru Podcast. Excited to bring on this guest today. On behalf of the Idaho Horsemen, we're bringing on the third quarterback in the quarterback room that's extremely talented. You guys have heard from Giovanni Sanders, Chad Mason, and now you're going to hear from the quarterback who was the starter uh, who won the championship for the Horsemen in 2019. And we're going to have his story shared today, talking about his whole journey through his football career, super unique experience, and um, why he decided to come back in 2021 for this year's season for the Horsemen. So you're going to love this episode of the Game Time Guru. So what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. As you know by now, my name is Shane Larson, host of the show. Uh, excited to be here with you guys. Real quick, if you guys have not followed me on my Instagram or Twitter pages, go do so. Um, at Game Time Guru on Instagram, at The Game Time Guru on Twitter. I'll put them here in the description. Go follow me on my social media pages so that uh, you guys can uh, follow me and interact with me and uh, have all the fun there. I, I love to, to discuss sports. I love just posting stuff about the podcast, but about all, all things sports. So I love chatting with everybody. Um, so follow me on social media. Would really appreciate it. And got to give a ma massive shout out to the sponsor of the podcast, which is 208 Printing. Guys, they get me taken care of with all my swag. So make sure if you guys have anything that you want to represent a company, your, your team, whatever it is, go to madeby208.com. Go check them out. They'll get you taken care of. Love those guys over there. Yeah, so we have been interviewing some of the players, as you guys know, from the Idaho Horsemen. So I've been doing some work with the Horsemen, uh, partnering up with them, trying to provide some media coverage for this indoor football team as a professional indoor football team here. We've spoken with, <coughs> pardon me, Giovanni Sanders, as well as Chad Mason. Sorry. Whoa, Mason, I'm starting to get my uh, throat all clogged up. Um, and now we get the honor to speak to another individual in the quarterback room. And this one is even more special because he's returning and it was kind of like not expected. So we get to hear the whole story, the background and everything. Um, and it's Mr. Hayden Wright. So Hayden, thanks so much for joining the show, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, dude. I'm excited. It'll be fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Hayden's got quite the, uh, the name around here in Idaho, at least in the treasure Valley for those who follow football. And we're going to talk about your experience as a quarterback. Uh, you're a quiet guy. Uh, that's the that's the crazy thing. Quiet guy, but you're a monster on the field, and that's what I've always respected about you. You let your play do the do the talking for you, um, and it's it's kind of cool to watch. So now I get to have you on the show. Super exciting. Let's flash back though. Um, let's talk about your upbringing and the, and the sports you played. How long have you been playing football for, Hayden? Um, well, I mean, I can bring it all the way back to the very beginning. Honestly, um, since I can remember, my dad has always been a coach somewhere. And so I was born in uh, as far east of Montana as you can get over in Sydney, Montana, practically on the border between Montana and North Dakota. Um, from there, I mean, everywhere we went, because my dad played college ball at University of Montana Western. So around small towns, the word got out that he played ball. So he ended up always coaching. <laughs> so from being three, three years old, I mean, it was like if we weren't hunting, it was 
at practice. I was following them around to the film room with all the coaches and the coaching meetings, dissecting film. I mean, you name it. It was it was life. Football was life for me. And, uh, you know, and so moving around there, I actually didn't get to play football until seventh grade because um, all the small towns that we lived in, there was no Optimus, there was no peewee football, nothing like that. And so all my experience up to that was helping out with scout team, throwing seven on seven for the high school kids when he coached and stuff. So once we moved to Chalice in seventh grade half or coming up in the seventh grade is actually when I actually got to play ball. And that was up in Chalice. Wow. Okay. A couple of things to unpack, which I didn't know. Like, first off, I didn't know you didn't start actually playing organized football till the seventh grade. I assumed it was probably, you yeah. know, like you just mentioned, like Pee Wee, Pop Warner, Optimus football here in Idaho is pretty popular. Um, but on the show, I've, I've talked to a lot of different um, athletes that were from Texas, California, and so forth. And they've been playing, you know, f- since they were five years old. You know, like if you ever watch Netflix, Friday Night Tykes or whatever oh, the heck yeah. it's called. Oh, I mean, yeah. they, they, start, they start balling when they're little, like, and they're, they got mm-hmm. helmets on, they're going, which is even more impressive um, looking at the way you play and it's just your overall career. Uh, the fact that you didn't actually start playing competitive, organized football until the seventh grade is crazy. Second thing I want to ask, Chalice. So you come from Montana, coach's son. Yeah. You're already dissecting him, which also makes a lot of sense now. Like I can see things now. I'm like, oh, that's why yeah. he's like he knows the game. Super, super high IQ. Um, but Chalice, it's a small town. Uh, did you did oh, you guys yeah. play full like eleven man football or was that like eight yep. man or what? No, so uh actually our last year when we we moved to Chalice when I was in second grade. So I mean, like I said, my dad coached all the way up to that point. And then uh seventh grade came around, we were two A still. So it was 11-man ball, but like I said, small school. So I didn't realize when moving down here, they had like a sixth, you know, optimist and all that, but then they had a seventh and an eighth grade team and a lightweight and a heavyweight. So that was entirely new to me. But but there, it was just, we had enough guys that we had to take the eighth and seventh grade team and put a team together and go and play. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we're flashing back now. Okay. Yeah, so it was like that, like – People playing both ways is was a normal thing over there because we only had, I think, on that team, I don't know, maybe 21 kids probably or something like that. Wow. And so after – yeah, so after that, it uh, – and that was comprised of both the seventh and the eighth graders. So not a lot of kids. We were the small school. And then the year after we moved to Nampa in eighth grade is when they dropped down to 1A, which would have been eight-man football. Okay, so you were playing when it was the full eleven man, but then they dropped it down after yep. the very left. Okay, okay, yeah, I got you. That's that's crazy. So you, you, I mean, relatively small town coming from there, moved over to Nampa, mm-hmm. Idaho. For those, for those who don't know the Treasure Valley of Idaho, I know I got listeners across the country and as well as in eighty nine countries. So we got to explain in Idaho, uh, the Treasure Valley consists of like the surrounding areas of like Boise. Boise is kind of like the capital of Idaho, and then you got like Eagle and Meridian and. Nampa called, but like there's all there's just all these surrounding cities within like a 15 mile radius of, of Boise. So uh, Hayden went to Nampa, um, which is right outside, you know, 15 minutes from Boise, if that. So you go there. Um, did you all? I also had a question for you, Hayden. Did you all? Did you play quarterback your whole life as well? Yeah. Yep. Always up until yeah, up until college, my year at Montana Western. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's unpack that too. So you also mentioned at Chalice, like they they would you know play on both sides. Like Ironman ball was yep. pretty common. Did you actually play both sides of the ball at, at that time? 
Yep. Yeah. So in and in, in seventh grade, I played both quarterback and linebacker. And uh, then again, moving to Nampa, um, I going to West Middle School there. I played both quarterback and linebacker. And then at Nampa High, I was a two-way. Well, freshman and sophomore. Well, freshman year was we had a few packages. But then sophomore year, I played defense because Quade Morris was a quarterback at the time. He, uh, if you haven't heard of him, dude was a stud, absolute stud. He actually went to Weber State on a full ride. And so I played defense as a sophomore. And the junior and senior, I played both ways, quarterback and linebacker. Yeah, you played both ways. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's a little risky from a coaching perspective, uh, especially if it's your quarterback. <laughs> both ways. I don't know. I, it kind of gets me like thinking, I'm like, I don't know if I'd want him going on the other side, especially at the high school level when you're getting to the varsity level. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Some of the teams you're playing and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. okay. So that makes a lot of sense. You have a pretty good, uh, high school career. Talk to us about, um, some of the high school experiences. What was it like at Nampa for you, man? It was, it was a good time. Um, I mean, my freshman year, we were very successful freshman year. We went to the state championship. Um, that was actually my first career start as a freshman was in the state championship game against Blackfoot. Um, so that was pretty much throwing me to the wolves, you know, trial by fire, but we ended up losing, but Hey, it was a good experience. I get to hold that. And then sophomore year was, again, we were a pretty good team. We made it to, I believe the semifinals, if I remember correctly. And then junior year, we had good success as well. We only made it to the quarterfinals in my senior year. We, we weren't very good. <laughs> we missed the playoffs. Oh man. So <laughs> yeah. what, was, what would you say was one of the biggest lessons that you learned playing football? I mean, through your high school career, because hearing in that, like you had it, it almost seems like every year it was like, where, where some people want to like, you know, by their senior year, they want to win the state championship. It almost seemed like every mm -hmm. year, I mean, you played well, but like the actual end goal got less, like it was further and further away each year. What was your biggest uh, lesson in high school ball that you learned for, for your life for that matter? Um, it was basically adapt and overcome, honestly. So my freshman and sophomore year, um, two of the best coaches I've ever been able to be a part of were there. Matt Holtry, who's now the head coach out in Homedale, who actually uh, stole, I don't know, I, I say that lightly. I mean, we're family friends. But my dad was also a coach at Nampa for my freshman and sophomore year. But when Matt Holtry left for Homedale, he took my dad with him as the O-line coach over there. So my dad left, Matt Holtry left, and then my offense coordinator, Eric Johnson, left as well. And so coming into junior year, it was it was, it was kind of rough, you know, learning in, not necessarily a new system, but new coaches kind of feeling that out. So really the lesson comes down to what I've learned is it doesn't matter who you have. You've got to come out. You've got to compete and adapt and overcome and really the mindset of next man up. Wow. I'm actually glad you said that. When I talked to athletes um, on the show, R Ryan Johnson, for example, he was a Hall of Fame running back at Montana State, I believe. Yeah, the Bobcats. Mm -hmm. um, he was talking about the same, same situation in college, at least. They had a whole new coaching staff kind of come in. And, you know, I, I asked him, why is that difficult, though? Because, like, it is for some people that are just the casual sports fan, they don't understand why that's difficult. So, could you kind of elaborate on that too like you lost a couple of coaches and including your dad <laughs> like you know you're yeah. it, like they go over there um and you're getting a whole new coaching staff so how did you adapt and overcome like what's something that you've learned Hayden because you have been super successful throughout your career how were you able to do that so the athletes that are listening right now especially the younger ones um can maybe implement some of those things you know it it, it is rough and it was kind of a it was a learning curve because when you're so used to a program for that number of years and you're seeing success and a new staff comes in with new philosophies, you know, it's like, 
you want to hold on to what you have because so, you're good at it, but at the same time, you've got to kind of flush that because at that point, it what you did doesn't matter anymore. It's what you've got to do. And so it's kind of, you know, I can kind of say I really didn't have an open mind to it, honestly. So those next two years were a little rough, you know, butting heads with those coaches. So I wouldn't say that I was a good example of how to move on from coaches leaving, but learning from that, it's like, it, it, I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. And when new coaches come in, you got to perform for them. You've got to do your job regardless of what they're asking for. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a life lesson. It's, it's a life lesson because, like, you get into a career, right? Like, and, and you might have a boss and a, a set of leadership that you're used to, and all of a sudden that might change. And um, ultimately what pays your bills is going to work, and you kind of have to do it mm -hmm. uh, regardless, right? And I think that's what you're saying right there is interesting. Um, when you're younger, especially, I mean, all of us that were in high school and stuff and competing at the varsity level that like we're hot headed we're prideful at times we're young you know that's just how it is we had yeah. no, no life yet and so it, it is harder to do that um but just talking to people like yourself like it, it's it's something that's going to happen um some kids never have to experience that they have a great you know well it's all dandy all through high school whatever no shifts nothing happens but there's a lot that do they have coaching changes they have to adapt they have to overcome they have to uh, to go through that and um i think one of the biggest things that i've heard from athletes maybe you can attest to this is looking for the positives in the, in those new coaching staffs and those new situations. Like if you look for the positives and see what they can bring, typically speaking, I think um, you can at least get through it. You might not necessarily agree yeah. with everything they do, <laughs> but you can at least get through it. Um, going out of high school, Hayden, uh, you mentioned you had a, a, a college offer or you were playing college ball. So talk to us about your college experience and kind of what went down over there. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of took a weird route to get to college so I graduated in 2011 and actually ended up not going to Montana Western immediately out of college. Um, I was kind of that kid that, well, I didn't exactly believe, you know, people when they say, hey, when colleges come look at you, the primary worry is grades. You know, so I kind of was that kid that kind of skated through school, just did enough to get by, you know, mostly C's, you know, a few B's here and there. So through my high school career, you know, I was recruited pretty heavily. Um, I, you know, by Boise State, had Oregon looking at me, Texas Tech, and a few other schools around the Northwest looking at me. And that's what it came down to is like, great. And so once I graduated from high school, I had nowhere to go. Basically graduating with a 2.3, you know, it's like, so it was kind of a slump. And uh, it took about a year. Um, I ended up coaching out in Homedale for the 2011 season. And, uh, at a family friend event, I had one of my teachers who now is a good friend of mine, Nick Gastelacuto. He actually kind of pulled me to the side and kind of talked to me. He's like, hey, dude, like, regardless of what's going on in your life right now, you got to pull out of it. You know, you got to try going back to school, whether you play ball or not, go back to school, earn a degree, get your life put together. So I, it really lit a fire under me when he did that. And so that's following, I believe that was the 20, spring of 2013. Yeah, spring of 2013 is when I enrolled at CWI to get my grades up. Did well in that semester, did well in the fall semester. And uh, during that time, I just emailed my highlight film to a number of the NEI schools here. So like EOU, um, Southern Oregon, uh, C of I, and Montana Western. Just kind of like, hey, here's my highlight film. Here's my GPA from college right now. Can you go sit down? Sorry. <laughs> You're good, man. Very <laughs> cool. And so 
I just sent in the highlight film, my college GPA. I was like, hey, this is where I'm at, who I am, you know, hoping for maybe a walk-on spot. And Montana Western emailed me back within, I don't know, probably an hour, saying, hey, we want you to come now. And that would have been fall of 2013, so two years after I graduated from high school. And I was like, well, I'm already, I'm already enrolled at CWI again for the semester. Like, do you need me to drop those and try to transfer late now? What, what do you want? And they're like, nope, we want – they're like, okay, cool come in the spring then, like we want you to come. So they were all over it once I emailed them. And so that process started, went through the fall semester at CWI and transferred to Montana Western spring of 2014. So kind of a roundabout way to get to college, you know, not like the classic right out of high school, which was pretty rough, but I think there's a lot of things going on that I learned from and I'm, I'm better for it, honestly. Totally, man. That's actually really cool. I commend you for that because a lot of people probably wouldn't do that. It's an unorthodox route. It's a unique route to getting to the college game. I mean, graduated in 11. Now you're at college in 2014. You also mentioned you didn't play quarterback over there. So when you got there, what was yeah. the college experience like for you, man? It was it was interesting. So, like, I did go on a visit in the fall, and my mindset was quarterback. You know, I've played it forever. That's That was the dream. That's where I wanted to be. And so the, my first visit over there in the fall, they um, Coach B.J. Roberts, was the coach at the time um he just took one look at me and saw how big I was and he's like you know what we could probably put some size on you maybe put you at uh and their defense was called the wolf linebacker it's kind of like that strong side linebacker and then he kind of like oh you know you got some good ball skills you know maybe maybe we'll put you at running back so like okay cool I'm I'm good with either of those and then when I transferred in we sat down with our spring meeting when I actually got there on campus and he kind of like you know got a fifth year senior we're kind of high on we've got a couple quarterbacks you know got plenty of running backs coming in like what would you think about tight end I was like well I guess sure sure so that's kind of how that rolled into it's like well I mean it'll get me on the field sooner and I'll help out the team and that's kind of the route we went <laughs> wow okay it's funny I, I actually there's another guy that's from the valley his name is Jacob Bauer uh, he graduated two years prior to me. So I graduated 06. He graduated, I think, 04. Uh, but anyways, he went on a church mission, came back, and he went to BYU. He was a quarterback his whole life. And he has a okay. similar build to you. And it, that's why I, I kind of find it funny because he goes to BYU. They wanted to put him at linebacker. And I'm like, oh, man, the dude could throw you know, a 65-yard bullet off his back foot. You know, like you don't put him yeah. at linebacker. But then he ended up playing Juco in, in California, winning the national championship there, number one rated quarterback. Then went to Tulsa and then finished at McNeese State. But he uh, – Oh, very cool. I mean, it's just similar because you're talking about – it's just funny to me because you've always reminded me of him, and then now learning your story a little bit, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's actually very similar because <laughs> yeah. your builds are very, very similar as far as the build of a quarterback, and just hearing that experience is kind of funny to me. But um, yeah, you're over there. Uh, talk to us about, okay, how long did you play? How did it go trying to switch so, positions? And what was the college experience? What ended up happening for you, man? So it was it was a great time um, through spring. Kind of the plan was, you know, I, I still want to play quarterback. You know, that, that burn to play was still there. So through spring, I ended up becoming first spring tight end or first string. There you go. Talk correctly here. First string tight end. And uh, so I was like, cool, I'll be on the field early. You know, I'll help out the team. And the plan was after that fall, I was going to transition back into quarterback the following spring. And so through that process, I actually found out through the end of the spring semester, I was like short, I think it was like four credits to be eligible for that fall. 
because in NAI you have to have 12 credits each and at CWI I ended up transferring in with also was one credit actually. So with one credit short of being eligible for that fall with short of 24. So I ended up with like 23. So I took a class in summer to get the credits to be eligible for fall. Well, then come to find out through two days in fall camp, we got a notification from the NAIA clearinghouse that I wasn't eligible. I was deemed ineligible. So I was like, okay. So I ended up having to red shirt that year and didn't get to see the field. So being on scout team, I knew it was still a great time, still a great plan, you know, but then right about, I think it was week six, I started to have some home, home problems, problems at home. My wife and I weren't having, it, it was pretty rough, honestly. Um, it, it basically came down to the point where she made the decision that she was going to move home with or without me. And so that was like midway through the season. And so I really had to kind of sit back and reflect and kind of be like, okay, well, what's, what's important to me? You know, I was like, do I stay here? Do I try to save the marriage? So I actually ended up talking to many of the coaches, many teammates and everybody was like, Hey, you know, we get it. Marriage is, is for life footballs now. And so I made the decision to step away from Montana Western halfway through that year, which was extremely difficult. And then moving back, um, I was trying to transfer to C of I or Boise state because I had relationships with both schools there and actually ended up Boise state was kind of like, we're not taking any transfers right now. So I was like, okay, so talk to C of I, I went to the C of I visit and they were excited about it. And then about a month later, my daughter came on, like we found out my wife and I were having a daughter. And so I was like, okay, well, it's kind of rough to go to college, have a kid, so I'm just going to go to work now. And that's, that was pretty much the end of my college career. Man, you know what? This is why I love talking to people, Hayden, is because you get to see people behind the athlete. Okay. We're obviously yeah. talking to you today because you're, we're, we're like, you know, we're going to learn about your quarterback stuff for the horsemen. And we're going to get to that here in just a minute. But there's so much more behind that to, to the athlete. There's a human element to everything. Um, what you just explained there, first off, I appreciate you being open about that. Like, that's tough. Um, having gone through a divorce in my life, um, I understand mm -hmm. that when I was 25 years old, like just any kind of home problem for that. That's what I'm getting at right there. But I had gone through a divorce when I was 25. Super difficult, uh, super difficult situation. I can't even imagine. Like, I was I was going to CWI at the time. I was trying to finish up school. It kind of put a dance. And I wasn't yeah. even playing sports. But, like, just all those additional life pressures – if I was playing sports at the time, that would have been a disaster because it like completely rocks yeah. you. Like you, you just got so much stuff going on. And then, you know, I also, you know, I was trying to finish up my degree at Boise state. I graduated when I was 28. So like, it took me a while, but that's when I had, yeah, you my got it done, though. Yeah, I got it done, <laughs> but it was tough. Like I had a kid and I was like, man, because as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, dude, I remember that feeling too. Like I better crank out this next year and a half and yeah, I'm not doing it with no sleep because that's exactly what it was. No sleep with the kiddo. So it, it just yeah. it. I get it though. I, I understand the additional pressures that come along with life. And so, man, I just appreciate you sharing that. Um, but you had the itch to still play. Like you, you still wanted to play and you're working yep. now and you're doing your thing at, the, at this time. And you've, you, you, you know, you said your wife was pregnant uh, with your daughter mm -hmm. and things were coming around. Um, when did you decide to like, okay, I can still play. Um, so tell us about that. Like you could still play to some capacity while you're still working and making money. So what were the opportunities that presented themselves outside of college for you after that? So I guess I can actually bring it back to after high school. Um, I was playing in the ICFL my senior year of high school. I graduated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've been, I've been around for a while. 
Um, so my first year in the ICFL was 2011. And so I was 17 at the time, graduated when I was 17. So I was a young kid running around playing with a bunch of old men, you know, so, which was fun. So I was with the Spartans then, 2011, 2012, and then 2013 before I went to Western in 2014. And then coming back uh, after the fall semester at Western, I played, that's when I came back to the ICFL and played for the Tribe in 2015. So it was kind of like that weird, like, after coming from college ball then to the ICFL, completely different. But it's still, like you said, it was that itch to play, still wanted to get on the field, bang around and love the game. Just that's that was the avenue I was able to take at that time. Dude, that's actually really cool. And that's what that's why I think that these semi-professional leagues that we have out here, for those who don't know what the ICFL is, it's it's Boise, like it's Idaho's version of like just the semi-professional football league. Like it gives the guys opportunities to play, um, and still continue to play after their careers are done. And so it's like a, I don't know, I wouldn't say city league. It's a little bit, I don't know, it's better than city league, but it's, yeah, it's semi-professional football, um, full contact. And you were playing... I guess back when it wasn't 11 man football, cause you were, yeah. when you started. So you started when it was what, it was eight man at the time or nine or what was it? it yeah. Was yeah. It was eight man. It was eight man and pretty similar rules to what we play in now. It was indoor rules. Essentially we played on a 50 yard field, 25 yeah, yards wide, the, roughly. That yeah, high school was, in so Boise, was like a random little high school area over there that like Catholic school in Boise or something. I remember I'd go to some of those games over there. I'm yeah. like, it was a tiny little field. Oh, yeah, man, that's Sacred funny. Heart. Yeah, yes. yep, right there in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I mean, hey, that's kind of funny. It comes full circle, though. You I mean you were playing the eight-man game then, you know, and then you played for the tribe. And just so everybody knows, we we cannot move forward until we talk about your experience with the tribe, because like they'll be like, oh, semi-professional football. What would he do? I'm gonna tell everybody right now. Yeah, that's usually the case. They call it a beer league. They call it like whatever they want to call it. Right. In most states, that's kind of how it is. Um, you get one or two good teams, and that's about it. But the tribe in the ICFL, under the leadership of Mr. Hayden Wright, like I'm going to tell you right now, that was arguably one of the best teams I've ever seen in a semi-professional football league because of the talent you guys had. One, you were an amazing quarterback. Nobody could – from what you could – you know, you can obviously launch the ball, but you could okay. run and like you're a you're a bigger dude. No one's going to tackle you like it, it's like very difficult for people to bring <laughs> you down. And then you guys had dudes on the defensive line. I think one guy was at UW at one point. Like you guys, I don't know. I can't remember. Yep. You, My I mean, Mapu. <laughs> yes. I mean, your squad was uh, just it, it was something you'd see. Like it was like a college football team. It was kind of cool to watch. Like you guys were actually super talented. It wasn't a ton of craziness um talk to us about that though i mean how many championships did you win playing for the tribe uh we won three we won three um and actually won two with the spartans as well so i mean like coming back to the tribe and that team that you're talking about it was like at least for our team in and itself I mean, we had a bunch of former college guys but we were a close group family i mean and that's i think what made us play so well honestly so it was probably the most fun I've had playing ball was with those guys and the, the talent that we had and the mindset and the football mm. knowledge mm. and the structure that we had on that organization mm. is really what mm. propelled us forward. Honestly. Totally, man. I, I think it was awesome. It's so much fun watching you guys. Uh, I remember watching, I think it, it wasn't your last championship. It was the next to last. Cause I thought you guys had beaten the, the tide in, in your last one. I can't remember, but yeah, maybe it was yep. cause you, you took it like on a fourth down or something and ran it or something to ice the game. I can't remember, but I was watching yeah. it on the stream, but 
Um, yeah. The, it was the year before. I know it sounds weird. I told you it sounds awkward because you're like, what the no, heck? It's all good. <laughs> but uh, I think you were playing, it was my buddy Daniel Jenkins. And um, oh, yeah. Yep. The Titans, is that who they were? Was it uh, uh, the Rough Riders? Yeah, the Rough Riders. That's right. That's yep. right. The Rough Riders. And, and, and D Jinx yep. was running. And like, I remember thinking, oh, they're pretty good. The Rough Riders are actually pretty good. They could beat them. And you guys just manhandled them. I just remember like watching how <laughs> good you guys were. I'm like, yeah, there's levels to this. And like the tribe is just there. There's a different level because Jenkins yeah. had a whole squad too. And they just weren't even close to that level. So it's just funny to listen to that. So here's the cool thing here in Idaho, guys. That's why I wanted to have Hayden on the show is because he played in the semi-professional football league for years. Like you had a name um, there. Like you, you had made your mark there, multiple championships. Um, it was really cool. And you played really high quality football. So, which is, is very um, rare in semi-professional football. So yeah. that's the cool thing is it was high quality football. And then enter the Idaho horsemen, which we've had a couple of teams come through the treasure Valley before. I mean, we had the stallions when I was in elementary school, we had the burn when I was in high school, um, who was this, the AFL team downtown playing in the century link arena. And then that never worked. And everybody's tried to put these teams together, but then the horsemen come around and it's always been fun. These, yeah. if, these teams have been awesome to watch indoor football, professional indoor football, the horsemen, um, eight man, like it's indoor rules. I mean, it, it's, it's arena rules and it's a uh, small yeah. field and whatnot. What made you want to go over there? Because when I saw that you had signed, like they were posting on all over the, the social media stuff a few years back, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, snap, we're going here from the ICFL over here. Okay, Hayden Wright's going to be leading, the, leading the, the crew here. What made you yeah. make the, the next step to go play for this uh, horseman team? So I, I kind of got to rewind you back a little bit. So after the 2016 with the Tribe, um, well, funny stat about that actually is, although it is semi-pro, we were recognized as the national champion in the semi-pro division that we were categorized in, which is, which is pretty cool. I mean, oh, I, totally. I mean it, it is semi-pro, but it was like, that's pretty sweet. So after that, um, the film that was accumulated during, because at that time the league was pretty competitive. So I had sent my film out to some CFL teams and got some opportunities and uh, tryout invites from some CFL teams like the Edmund Eskimos, uh, the BC Lions, and then the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Got invites from those three teams. I actually got to go down to Vegas for the tryout with Saskatchewan, which which was a good time. Um, I didn't perform as well as I wanted to, so I didn't get a good look and got kind of skipped over there. But then I don't know if you're familiar with Rivals Professional Football League. Uh-huh. Or maybe. Yeah, so I went and played that with them in Detroit in 2017. And so that was kind of like my mix there or my missed season there with the tribe from 2016 to 2017. So I played in Detroit and RPFL in 2017 and uh, things didn't really work out there. The housing situation was bad. I was out of money. And so I had to come home early and uh, on my way home, I was kind of like, you know, well, what am I going to do now? You know, I just try to leave home to go play still. And then literally a buddy of mine called me and was like, Hey, have you heard about the Idaho horseman? No, what, what what is that? It was well, it's an indoor team coming to town, and they're going to have a tryout soon. So like, sure, sure. And that was literally, I was like on the this side of Mountain Home, coming into Boise from my drive from Detroit when he told me that. So I was like, oh wow, okay, here's a professional opportunity to play here at home, and went to the tryout, performed well, 
got the invite to camp and that was all she wrote, I guess is what you can say. Wow. <laughs> what, what a coincidence there too. How ironic, you know, you're on your way home and you get the call like that's and yeah. you're really close to home. Like, so yeah. yeah, for those who don't know mountain home. Okay. We're about 40 minutes away from, from where Hayden was coming home. Okay. About 30 minutes away. So that's how from all the way from Detroit, you're about 30 minutes yeah. away from home, 40 minutes away from home and you get the call. That's awesome, yeah. man. So going with the horsemen, what the first year of the horsemen's existence, we've talked about this before. Um, you guys went undefeated, uh, but it was kind of an interesting year. And I'm, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts were. Uh, 2019 inaugural season undefeated champions. And I want to know what your, your thoughts were in that league, what it was like for you. Um, just the overall feeling that you had playing in a professional football league albeit a small one, but it is professional football. Mm -hmm. And um, what it was just like for being part of this brand new team, brand new league, if you will. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it, it really was. And like you said, it was a startup league. And, you know, it was year one, so it did definitely had its ups and downs. But overall, it was a great time. Um, we obviously played well. We Not very often you can go undefeated. Not very many people can say that, especially at the professional level or even a first year. But I think – from that first tryout, you know, I think what really gave us an advantage to that was the fact that we had a lot of dudes here local and we were doing team OTAs for an entire year leading up to that. So knowing the dudes and getting that experience and actually finally getting to travel, you know, and do all the fun things again, like you did back in high school and college, you know, traveling with your buddies, getting to see other towns, new places, new faces, actually get to play in front of fans in a small arena that are literally right next to you on the field, you know, so you can hear them talking to you while you're playing, you know, getting a play call from the coach and fans talking to you while you're trying to play, make a play call. It's, it was, it was an absolute blast. It was a lot of fun that first year. Man, it's actually cool. So for those who are here in the treasure Valley, make sure you guys go check these guys out. I, you've heard the other episodes about it. You know, I'm working with them from the media standpoint, the horsemen, it's actually a fun environment. Even if it, if there's regulations this year, at least there's going to be fans to some capacity in the stands, right? If there's regulations where they have to split them up, whatever, but like there's going to be fans to some capacity, I'm sure in the stands, it's actually a really fun game. Talk to us about that too, though. You're not, you're not unfamiliar with the eight man game, like just this, the, like the indoor rules and so forth, but what is the biggest difference for you, Hayden, uh, playing quarterback in that kind of environment, smaller field, shorter field, everything compared to maybe a, an 11 man league. Things are so much quicker. I mean, typically, you know, the 11-man game, even like simple con slant concepts or even your deeper balls, you, you've got a little bit more time to allow those things to develop. This game, it's like, it's quick. It's the window's there, and if you don't anticipate the window being there, it's gone. And so that fast pace, it's, it's just, I, I think it's a lot, lot more fun, honestly, being indoor because things are that quick. You just, you don't have time to think. It's read and react and play as quick as you can, obviously play smart, but it's 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 really hard to describe how quick it actually is and it just makes things fun it's it's just a blast that's just literally all i can really how how i can explain it in the end it's a lot of fun that's so cool dude yeah and and i'll be honest like i i would imagine you have to have a little bit of touch on the ball too because for someone like you who can launch the ball like the the, the field is small so like there were a couple mm -hmm. of times going to the games where i saw you like especially like when you throw it, like, especially when you're like down by your own goal line and you're just, you just launched to the other end zone, like can't throw yeah. it, can't overthrow it. Has, was there like, did you have to work on your touch when you're like throwing deep balls because like you'd overthrow it into the stand? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, um, 
So Cal and I, Cal McQuarrie and I, we've been thrown together for a long time and doing that because it is so condensed, you know, like a quick fade, you know, everyone loves, loves to fight fade from the five yard line, you know, in 11 man game, but ours, it's like, it's so close. It's a 10 yard throw, but you have to make the same touch that you do on a normal fade on 11 man field. And that right there is probably one of the harder things to actually do because that wall is right there. I mean, and even coming from like the 25 yard line and you run a post, it's like, it's gotta be on a rope, but you gotta put touch on it. So it drops before the wall but you can't put it on a line because the safety's sitting right there. So it's 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 interesting, and it took a minute, but obviously we made some 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 success with it. But it's it's a different throw. It definitely is, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I imagine that's kind of how the con like the whole the whole game is. Now, last year the Horsemen were gonna play. They didn't get to play. The season was canceled. But the rumor was you weren't coming back last year. And so everybody yeah. was like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, a couple months back, there's rumblings, you know, Hayden's coming back. So talk to us about that. You know, you stepped away from the game, you won a championship, and then what made you ultimately decide to come back for the Horsemen this season? The wife said I could. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, even after that year, honestly, like it was hard for me to even step step back. I still wanted to play, but – you know, at that time we had been going for so long and with practices and working 40 plus hours a week. And, uh, um, my fiance at the time, um, who's now my wife, cause I did go through a divorce and to back the story up a little bit, did go end up going through a divorce. But, uh, my fiance at the time, you know, I was burned out. Honestly, my family was burned out. I was making decisions, having to step away from family a lot. And main reason my decision to step away from the team in the first place was kind of my daughter. Um, it was later in the year and, uh, you know, being divorced, I only get her for a certain amount of time. And one of the times I had her at the house, I pick her up, come to school or get home and then I'm leaving immediately. And she just kind of gave me the puppy dog eyes of, Oh, you're, you're leaving. It was like, yeah, I got to go to practice. So that kind of ripped my heart out. And so, Kind of with all that, it was like, okay, I need to, I need to take a break. I need to reprioritize things, get my life in order. And then with doing that in that last year, you know, I had to like cold turkey it. I had to cut all ties, basically. I stopped following them on Facebook because it hurt just to see things going on. It's like I wanted to be there. And then this fall, I was getting an itch, you know, and I was going to try and go and play for the ICFL again. Still wanted to play ball. And then one day my wife came home. She's like, you know what? Been thinking, don't worry about ICFL. I know you want to play for the horsemen. Go for it. And I was like, are you sure? She goes, yes, yes, go hey, for it. And so that was, that was it. I didn't even think twice about it and made the phone call, talked to a few players <laughs> on the team to make sure like, hey, how, how do you guys feel? <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys feel? You know, if I came back. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's so, okay. Quiet. And so I talked to a couple of the captains on the team and they were all like, yeah, dude, if, if you can come back, we'd love to have you back. And so I called Reynolds the following day and, you know, well, you okay? <laughs> Long story short, I'm, I was welcomed back with open arms, and I'm excited to be back. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. It sounds like everyone's excited to have you back, including the family. Yeah. 
super cool. You got the support from your family. So what I'll ask you to, to finish up, Hayden, then like we're, we're expecting, you know, we're excited to have you back, but what can we expect for those who haven't caught the Horseman games and didn't get to see you play in the inaugural season? What can we expect from you in a Horseman jersey? Um, Not much has changed from year one. You know, like I said, I'm that quiet guy. I, I'm not really a verbal leader unless I have to be, but I like to lead by example. Um, I, I'm kind of that calm, stoic mannerism in a way. You know, we could be down by 20 or up by 20, and it's the same. You know, uh, I'm, I kind of, I'm a true believer in leading by example, and our end goal is to win the game, and when we're in the end zone, that's when it's time to celebrate. And so that's kind of my philosophy, I guess. And sorry, I'm getting really distracted. <laughs> oh, I did it, though. I know it, yeah. it's, it's chaotic over there. Um, I think it's awesome that you have the – your kids are all excited. I love it. This is part of the thing. And I, and don't even worry about it, man. That's part of, like, recording this. We all are at home. It's, it's, it's part of life. And I think it's awesome. And everyone's just having a good time. It shows that you're a dad. Like, you're having a good time. So, yeah. hey, last thing, too. I mean, we're going to watch you be a leader, uh, but I wanted to ask you about your visor. One of the things I always thought looked oh. rad about you is like, I mean, you, dude, you look mean. Um, you're not a mean <laughs> guy, but you look mean in a uniform. Like, it looks dope. You got the visor, which I've always thought, like, if I had an opportunity to play again, I'd, I'm, I'm bringing a visor. Are you a believer yeah. in the look good, feel good, play good kind of thing? Yeah, in a way. In a way, I, I definitely do think that matters. You know, when you feel good, you play good. You know, it's that confidence thing. But the other thing about that dark visor I really like is the defense. They can't see my eyes. So, uh, so it's a little bit of an advantage, you know. <laughs> a little strategic move there. I like that, man. Yeah. It looks sick. Yep. Well, Hayden, we're going to let you go, man. And we appreciate you joining us. For everybody who is listening, Hayden Wright, quarterback for the Idaho Horsemen. Make sure to come check it out. I mean, they've got one heck of a quarterback room here for the Horsemen this year. You got Chad Mason. You got um, – Giovanni Sanders potentially and then uh Hayden Wright like all three of those guys so far right now that we we know would be competing for that spot um so make sure to come check out a game uh we look forward to seeing you play Hayden and uh just appreciate you joining the game time guru podcast hey thanks for having me man appreciate it absolutely absolutely you guys take care and for all the listeners out there make sure to tune in we'll be talking to you again next week Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.